This is the primal scream of a dying regime. Pray for our enemies, because we're going medieval on these people. You're just not got a free shot on all these networks lying about the people. The people have had a belly full of it. I know you don't like hearing that. I know you try to do everything in the world to stop that, but you're not going to stop it. It's going to happen. And where do people like that go to share the big lie? MAGA media. I wish in my soul, I wish that any of these people had a conscience. Ask yourself, what is my task and what is my purpose? If that answer is to save my country, this country will be saved. War Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. We're talking about Danny here, the time when he was vice president, right? Whether Joe Biden was involved in Hunter Biden's business dealings at the time he served as vice president. Overall, if you look here, 61 percent of Americans think Joe Biden was involved. You can see partisanship drives this, right? Obviously, nearly all Republicans, 90 percent, believe that. This has been a major storyline and talking point on Fox News and elsewhere. 64 percent of independents believe that Biden was involved in Hunter's business dealings. 28 percent of Democrats. And I want to show you of that 61 percent overall there that believe uh, he had dealings. Forty two percent, Dana, think that Joe Biden acted illegally when he was vice president in those business dealings. Thirty eight percent say not involved. Eighteen percent said he acted unethically, but not illegally. But that is a significant number as well. For Ukraine, not only to survive, but to thrive. We're also supporting its efforts to rebuild from Russia's aggression. Uh, at the Ukraine Recovery Conference held in London a few months ago, I pledged that the United States would invest more than $520 million in making Ukraine's energy infrastructure, more than half of which has been destroyed by Russia, cleaner, more resilient, and more integrated with Europe. We're making new investments to enhance the transparency of Ukraine's institutions and to bolster the rule of law so that Ukraine's democracy is even more responsive to the needs of its people and can attract the private capital needed to rebuild. We're engaged in assisting the government of Ukraine on anti-corruption efforts and on efforts to ensure accountability and full transparency of all the assistance we're providing, as well as the security of U.S.-provided defense articles and technologies. Welcome to the War Room. It's Friday, September 8th, the year of our Lord, 2023. You guys probably have noticed by now, not just because I'm wearing pink, because I'm not wearing black. It's not Stephen K. Bannon. It's Natalie Winters filling in for the one and only Stephen K. Bannon. But don't go anywhere. We have a very packed show with wonderful guests. We got Monica Crowley. We got Darren Beatty, Dave Walsh, basically everyone uh, that you need to listen to so you can know not just what's going on, but what to do about it. If you guys want to understand why they're coming after Donald J. Trump so hard, impeachments, indictments, you name it, probably more indictments. We know that at least from uh, Jack Smith, maybe out in Arizona, who knows, the 14th Amendment, they're going to throw the kitchen sink and then some against him. That right there, that cold open, the polling, 62 percent of independents think Joe Biden engaged in some weird form of illegal activity with his son, Hunter Biden, and their business influence. I don't even like the term business because that's too euphemistic. But that right there, almost one in three Democrats feel the same way. And, of course, 90 percent of Republicans, those are numbers 
you don't usually see in terms of Republican unity, maybe only uniting behind Donald J. Trump, but bringing in to discuss. I want to start with Ukraine before we get in to the ridiculous corruption that there's no shortage of here in the United States. Uh, bringing in Monica Crowley. I think we have you just unfortunately for the audience joining us via telephone. Uh, but Monica. That clip right there, you have uh, Secretary Blinken talking about how they're going to roll out hundreds of millions of dollars for a green energy buildup and transition in Ukraine. That's, of course, on top of hundreds of millions of dollars more for military equipment, a.k.a. lining the pockets of military defense contractors here in the United States and abroad. Um, but, Monica, you know, you used to work in the Treasury Department your thoughts on this, what I think we can only sum up as new level of crazy when it comes to Ukraine aid spending. They're now telling us that we need to fund the green energy transition of a war-torn country that we can't even audit where the tanks and the bullets and the ammunition are going. And now we're going to start funding green energy. What say you? Hi, Natalie. Always so nice to join you in the War Room Posse. Thank you for having me. Uh, yeah, you know, our Secretary of State went back over to Ukraine and announced another billion plus. And as you heard in that clip, he's talking about having the United States government, which is us, our taxpayer dollars, funding this green revolution, energy revolution in Ukraine. And it prompts the question, what about our energy infrastructure? What about our grid? That could use some money. That could use some uh, attention from this administration. But no, of course not. And in fact, this week, the president of the United States um, is headed up to Alaska, where he just put the kibosh on drilling permits in the Arctic Wildlife Refuge. So he is continuing to put the screws to our energy infrastructure, continuing to kill fossil fuels, driving energy costs up across the board for the American consumer. And frankly, every single thing we consume in this country has energy built into it. So whether you're filling up your gas tank, buying a hot dog, or buying a piece of clothing, those prices are up on top of the inflation because of his war on American energy. And yet they're turning around, pouring all of these resources into the Ukrainian energy sector. It is absolutely outrageous. You know, Ukraine has a ton of problems, including corruption, Russia on its doorstep, etc. But one of the problems Ukraine does not have is an energy problem, okay? And the, our government has been so focused on exporting all of the worst left-wing policies, Marxist policies that are destroying this country, including this green energy revolution, plus LGBTQ stuff, transgender. I mean, we are financing exporting transgender policies to Central and South America, around the world and other places, including Ukraine. This is your money being pissed away by the Biden administration, and the end of this presidency cannot come fast enough. And I think it's also worth noting, I'll raise you this, $300 million for law enforcement in Ukraine as America's cities collapse and crumble with just rampant crime. And of course, believe it or not, they're also giving millions of dollars to Ukraine for their state border service, actually just to help with the border walls going up in Ukraine. I'm not being uh, ironic or funny when I say that. I know we like to joke that the globalists don't seem to care about our border. They only care about Ukraine 
Ukraine's border, but quite literally when you look at the federal expenditures and where this money is going, you know, they've put their money where their unfortunate mouths are um, when it comes to their America last agenda. And Monica, before we pivot to, to at least the latest of the lawfare front against Donald J. Trump, you know, you, you linked this to sort of what is the bigger picture, right? The assault here on the home front um, when it comes to energy prices and sort of this just cognitive dissonance, I think that's maybe a kind way to put it, that the Biden regime has while they're concurrently pushing policies that make energy prices higher here in the United States while trying to rebuild the energy sector of a country that really has no relevance or meaning to the United States. And I know this is something that you always get into um, in quite interesting depth and detail on your podcast. But, you know, the perennial question of is this just incompetence or is it intentional? On the Ukraine front, do you think that this sort of gives us the definitive ability to answer that question and saying that what we are witnessing right now is the intentional destruction of America? Yes. I mean, look, if you look in any direction of what the Biden administration is doing and the damage that they have wrought and that they continue to wreak on this country, any normal politician seeing these kinds of catastrophes, economic, energy sector, the collapse of law and order, our cities in collapse, wide open border, uh, states and cities being flooded with illegal immigrants with all of the problems that brings, any normal politician would take a look at that and say, you know what, I really need to course correct here. Just out of the need for pure political survival for myself and my party. And yet Joe Biden has been office, in office now three years, no course correction whatsoever. So that tells you, of course, this is all intentional. This is all by design. This is the tipping point for this country. We've talked about this. I've talked about this with Steve. You guys deal with this all the time. This Marxist assault, which is now working hand in glove with the globalists, I mean, they're all basically the same people with the same agenda. This has been going on now for nearly a century, chipping away at our Constitution, chipping away at free market economics, chipping away at individual liberty, chipping away at the entire system of American freedom. This has been going on now for almost 100 years, and we are now at the tipping point. This is why they are all in our faces with their corruption, with their, their destructive policies, making no bones about it, no excuses for it, not even pretending anymore. They are right in our faces because they can see that the golden ring, that brass ring, is within their grasp. They've waited a long time for it, and it's almost here. This is straight away the intentional destruction of the country. The good news is more and more people are awake to it, and more and more people are now uh, getting to the ramparts with those of us in the war room posse to fight this uh, before it really is too late. But the hour is very late, Natalie, and, uh, you know, the sand is going through that uh, hourglass pretty damn fast. It always makes me laugh when I see our uh, congressional Republican leaders on TV screaming that what the Democrats are doing is unconstitutional. It's unconstitutional. That's precisely the point. They do not care about the Constitution. They don't care about the rule of law. They haven't just shredded the Constitution. I think it's fair to say they've pulverized it. And there's no better example than what they've been doing with President Donald J. Trump, at least on the four indictment front war against him, probably soon to be five, six, seven, eight, probably will hit a double digit soon enough. Um, but Monica, some interesting news came out today about the scope of what was the RICO indictment 
against Donald Trump down in Georgia, how they had actually been probing or, or looking uh, at charging dozens more, even including senators, uh, General Mike Flynn, uh, really some of MAGA's best and brightest. I'm not talking about Lindsey Graham, um, him aside. Uh, everyone else, though, uh, your your thoughts on what that sort of shows in terms of how far the left is willing to go. Um, when it comes to the law, lawfare, we got a few minutes, and I'll hold you through the break if, if you are willing to stay. Sure, absolutely. Well, all you had to do is take one look at that leftist lunatic who served as a special grand jury foreperson, Emily Rohr, I think her name is. I mean, she was an absolute lunatic, giggling her way through an interview about how she couldn't wait uh, to get Donald Trump in front of them. And, of course, Trump did not go in front of them. But they handed down a bunch of indictments. And as we're hearing today, they wanted to indict anybody who was in like a 500-mile radius of Donald Trump. This is about the weaponization of our legal system by the radical left. It's about indicting for sport and entertainment on the part of the left. And it gets to the point that I was just making where they are so in our faces now. It's not even about pretending to follow the rule of law or due process. This is about the complete takeover of every institution, including our legal one. And the ramifications for this, not just for Donald Trump, but for all of us, the J6 defendants, we are all the same person now. And when we come back from the break, I'd like to make a point about how this is so much worse than a banana republic. Yeah, we'll hold you through. Um, we also got Darren Beatty and Dave Walsh joining us later in the show, and Monica is going to stick with us. But no, Monica, you're so right. Obviously, Donald J. Trump always says, you know, they're not coming for me. They're coming for you. What they really wish the ultimate grand conspiracy was and could have been and they want to charge you with is the mere fact that you voted for Donald J. Trump, that you exercised your right to vote for a president who was going to put an end to the globalist rule and reign of this country. Uh, really an economic system that only benefits those at the top. Of course, the same interests that are probably keen and dead set on impeaching uh, Ken Paxton, a true patriot down in Texas. And make no mistake, they're not relenting on the COVID front, too, with what they want to do with your children. We'll get into this later in the show, not just some talk about mask mandates, but the CDC is actually about to purchase 20 million, I just broke this, you can add to my Twitter, pediatric COVID-19 vaccines worth just a measly, at least in the scope of Ukraine things, $1.8 billion. But the real smoking gun about that contract that I obtained, they were preemptively organizing the order all the way back in June because they had predicted a surge in September, just in time to dovetail with the mainstream media, all these segments. It really makes you think about how the, all this stuff is interrelated. The same people win, the same people who want their tax cuts, the country club, club Republicans. Well... I don't think we're going to be playing by those rules anymore. It's Friday in the war room. we got to keep it light, got to keep it fun. That's why we got Monica Crowley, Darren, uh, Jay Beattie, Dave Walsh, and so much more. We'll be right back after this break. The former KGB colonel, Vladimir Putin, who, by the way, is no friend of the United States, called the U.S. dollar's drop in dominance objective and irreversible during the recent BRICS conference in South Africa as Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa formally agreed to use local currencies instead of the U.S. dollar. It's the first shoe to fall. We call this the de-dollarization movement. 
Now, as demand for the dollar weakens, the buying power of the dollar weakens. That is why Birch Gold Group is busier than ever. Investors and savers are looking to harness the power of physical gold held in a tax-sheltered IRA. Text Bannon, that's B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898 for your free info kit on gold. With thousands of happy customers, an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, and countless five-star reviews, you can count on Birch Gold to help you navigate transitioning an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold. As the U.S. dollar continues to receive pressure from foreign countries, digital currency, and central banks, arm yourself with information on how to protect your savings. Text Bannon to 989898. That's Bannon at 989898 to claim your free information kit. Use your agency. Do it today. Your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Welcome back to the war room. We still got the one and only Monica Crowley with us. And I have to say, I think it's it's peak Joe Biden vibes. You know, you're living under Joe Biden regime when Monica says to me in the break, I just have one more comment that I want to make about banana republics. We didn't hear that under Donald J. Trump in the war room during commercial breaks. That is a, a Joe Biden exclusive, I would say. Um, but Monica, I know we had to jump to break. But before we let you go, and of course, you're going to tell everyone where they can get the podcast. If you want to pick up where you left off, uh, just reacting to all things lawfare, all things Banana Republic, all things Joe Biden uh, and the way that he has weaponized this federal government against not just Donald J. Trump, but the entire MAGA movement. Yes, and I know you're going to have Darren on, and he's been absolutely incredible on January 6th and, and those defendants and what they're up against and done incredible reporting on all of this. So I will turn it over to him. I just wanted to make a final point about the Banana Republic because I've heard so many people, including many who I love and respect on our side, talking about how we've descended into a Banana Republic. And the point is, you know what, it, it's so much worse than a banana republic, because in a banana republic, you don't have a long tradition of a durable, sturdy constitution with a bill of rights that have enshrined rights and freedoms. You don't have 200 plus years of tradition of the rule of law and due process and case law and precedent and a system that is held up. In a banana republic, you have none of those things, but in the United States of America, we have had those things. We have had this long tradition of safeguarding individual rights um, and a system that is built in order to do that. And now all of that is evaporating. And so that's why I've been arguing that what we're going through is so much worse than a banana republic and so much more tragic and horrifying. And that's why all of us need to be on the ramparts. And that's what the War Room is all about. So I thank you so much for having me today. A republic, if you can keep it, indeed. Monica yep. Crowley, if people want to find you on social media, your show, your podcast, stay up to date with everything that's happening, where can they go? Oh, thank you, Natalie. Yes, the Monica Crowley podcast, wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, um, check it out, please. Subscribe. It's free, and it'll automatically download to your phone with every new show. Um, and then social media on Instagram at Monica Crowley underscore, and then on Twitter and True Social and Getter at 
Monica Crowley. So I will see you there. Thank you so much for joining us. You have a nice weekend. Thank you, Natalie. You too. Of course. Now, I was going to bring Dr. Darren J. Beattie on to discuss the Wall Street Journal's new college rankings and to talk about, of course, his favorite Goocher College, where the highly esteemed and intellectual Jonah Goldberg went. But unfortunately, they didn't make the cut. <laughs> N.A. weren't even uh, worth rating. So we can't bring Darren on to talk about that. So we're going to have to talk about actual news, a much more serious and depressing matter, which is the continued weaponization of the federal government, not just against the MAGA movement, but of course against J6 prisoners, political prisoners. At that, there's sort of a new round of sentencing that's going on, that's coming out um, with a lot of the Proud Boys. So Darren, if you want to walk us through where we stand on that front, and then we will use that as a foray into a bunch of other topics. Absolutely. It's always a thrill to be here on a Friday at the War Room with Natalie. This is, this is where all the action is. So I love it. And um, I would like Indeed. to reciprocate those kind words from, from Monica Crowley. I'm a big, big fan of hers. And as to the Banana Republic issue, if I could say a few words, um, she's right. We're in a worse position than your typical Banana Republic we actually represent the worst of both worlds here in the United States, or what I now call the globalist American empire, because we have all of the inconveniences and injuries of an authoritarian state with none of the benefits. We have a police state with no safety, no cleanliness, no order, no progress. We have a police state with conditions of anarchy. And, you know, when the first indictment came out against Trump, Revolver ran a piece with the title, I think I've mentioned it here before, Banana Republic, Biden's America just joined seven other s-hole, if I can say it. I don't know what the speech policies are in War Room after <laughs> five at Friday. Maybe a little bit more relaxed so I can say shit. Biden's America just joined seven other <laughs> nations by arresting an oppositional leader. Those nations, no offense, because I like some of these people. I'm Tunisia. I love Tunisians. Uh, Cambodia, great people. <laughs> um, <laughs> Nicaragua, you know, Georgia, not the state, but the actual country. What Bolivia about the and so forth. But we concluded <laughs> this piece with, I think, a line that is especially poignant given what Monaco was saying about we're actually worse than the Banana Republic. So we said, Third world autocracies might not have secure rule of law or political pluralism, but they do enjoy low cost of living, pleasant traditional lifestyles, some pretty architecture, and low obesity. So, America, uh, well, I'll leave it as an exercise for the viewer to determine if America has those things, but it's kind of, kind of a bad situation. We have the worst of all worlds. And you know, as you pointed out, on a very serious note, these latest sentencing of the uh, Proud Boys, the biggest sentence yet from the uh, on the leader of the Proud Boys, Enrique Tarrio, got 22 years. He didn't even go into the Capitol. He wasn't even on in D.C. for January 6th. Another guy, just really sad case, Joe Biggs, 
17 years for what? He got an inter- he got a terrorism enhancement for allegedly um, putting down a fence, breaking down a fence or cutting a fence or putting it you know to the side, something like that. If you could watch the video of it, it's ridiculous, which is interesting because, again, Revolver is reported on this individual called Fence Cutter Bulwark who hasn't even been identified, and he can be seen pre-positioned at that breach site before the Proud Boys got there, methodically and professionally cutting down all the fencing, and the government has not only not identified him, not indicted him, they've exhibited zero interest in him. So again, the, the Proud Boys sentencings are a, egregious and an obnoxious offense against any sense of proportion or justice in their own right. But when you reflect upon the non-treatment, the non-prosecution uh, uh, of people like Epps and others in contrast with what's going on with the Proud Boys or just your standard murderer. Murderers these days rarely even get 22 years, even gruesome murderers. And that's what this guy Enrique Tarrio is facing who wasn't even at the Capitol, wasn't even in D.C. He wasn't even present on January 6th. So um, it's kind kind of incredible, kind of outrageous, but then again, par for the course. In today's America, it is highly paradoxical, I think, where the most patriotic people, the people who love this country the most, are those who are most victimized and terrorized by the regime itself. But I guess that's how you keep it uh, as a self-perpetuating club where certain people get ahead and certain people don't. Now, Darren, I'll keep you through the break, if you can. It sounds like you may have a little something going on. Um, But... We can jump into it, maybe get the pom-poms out. I don't know, maybe just one. Um, but obviously, you know, post-Elon, I guess post-Jack Twitter, under the reins of Elon, we've seen a lot more, to some extent, evidence and information come out in terms of the conversion, uh, really the collusion between the federal government, their sort of outsourced NGOs, and the social media platforms, and how they have worked together not just to censor conservatives, but just to censor regimes that are unflattering, or sorry, to censor narratives that are unflattering towards the regime on a host of issues. Um, But it seems like one thread that people are really picking at now, and it seems to be an important one, is the, of course, paradoxically, or not paradox, just ironically named, hypocritically named Anti-Defamation League, the ADL. Um, Can you sort of walk us through micro and macro, um, the significance of what Twitter is doing, but more broadly in sort of the censorship landscape, how ADL played and shaped a role um, or played a role in shaping the discourse, particularly um, during the 2020 election cycle? Absolutely. And I'm fully aware that the topic of Elon is, shall we say, a vexed issue on the war room. It's a complicated (laughs) issue. Um, And I've tried it I've tried to treat the issue with the um, with the nuance that it deserves, and I've always had the posture that when Elon does something right, I celebrate it, and when he does something dumb or aloof, which he's known to do, I criticize, and if necessary, even you humiliate him. And I thought his whole acquisition of Twitter was very interesting, very exciting. Twitter could hardly get worse, right? So it wasn't like some, you know, there was this great risk in the air. And also it was really an interesting 
exercise in allowing us to think what kind of product Twitter actually was. Because when you think of it as a global public square, um, that helps us to understand why the price that Elon paid for it is actually far less what, than what it's really worth in terms of the influence that it wields, not only in America, but in a global context. And precisely because it holds this critically valuable influence, all types of organizations, intelligence agencies, NGOs, and groups like the ADL understand what's at stake and who controls Twitter and what the speech policies are. And, and Darren, hang on right there because we got to jump to break, but I'll hold you through if you can stay. Can you stay? I think that's a yes. Remember, if all the conspiracy theories that we were spreading were so crazy, were so wrong, were so incorrect, why do you need to waste hundreds of millions of taxpayer dollars silencing us? I think it's because we're right, and history has proven us right time and time again. We'll be right again right after. Do you get the feeling that something bad is going to happen soon? Well, hey, being here in the cockpit of the war room, I certainly do. But between the distractions and smoke screens in the media, we probably won't see it coming. That's why it's smart to invest in emergency food right away. As they say, it's better to have it and not need it than to need it and not have it. My Patriot Supply is the nation's leader in high-quality emergency food. Let me repeat that. My Patriot Supply is the nation's leader in high-quality emergency food. Head to my website, mypatriotsupply.com, and you'll save 200 bucks on your three-month emergency food kit from My Patriot Supply. Enjoy a wide variety of delicious meals, offering over 2,000 calories every day for optimum strength under incredible stress. Stock up before panic buying sets in. Free shipping is automatic, and your order ships fast. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com, MyPatriotSupply.com. Host, Stephen K. Bannon. Welcome back to The War Room. We are still coming at you live from the city of Washington, D.C., the nation's imperial capital, where they seem to make decisions that only benefit to quote Oliver Anthony, the rich men north of Richmond, which is why it's so important that you educate yourself, get for yourself your own knowledge, not that's tainted by any of these misinformation experts or disinformation experts or the federal government or big pharma or big ag or big tobacco, you name it, all the big entities that want to deprive you of your civil liberties. And important for that is, of course, Birch Gold. You probably thought I was going with the public square route, but no, I was going the Birch Gold route. you got to go to birchgold.com slash Bannon to really understand how all of this comes down to money and power, with an emphasis on, of course, the first part of that, at least when it comes to Birch Gold, you can get the end of the dollar Empire, which we may just witness under Joe Biden, which is why it's all the more imperative for you to read it, understand it, and get uncomfortably close with it, because that's the only way we're going to be able to reverse this economic death spiral that we are currently in, is by taking agency, and in the words of Stephen K. Bannon, action, action, action. Now, Darren, you know I have one question for you. We'll play some clips before we get into that, but 
pick up real quick. We got we got to get to Dave Walsh. We can't just be the Darren J. Beatty hour. I know it's five in the war room. We still got to stick to the schedule. Um, but wrap up what you were saying, though, about what's going on with Twitter and the ADL. Well, long story short is you can't tell the story of not only Twitter censorship, but how the free Internet was undermined and really taken away without telling the story of the ADL's involvement. I would say analogous to George Soros's brilliant insight that he could get a really high leverage payoff by bribing and basically buying off DAs around the country, ADL had a similarly impactful insight, understanding the value of putting pressure on the various trust and safety departments at the various social media companies and very early on getting them to change their terms of service in order to accommodate the particular understanding of speech that the ADL embrace, which includes some ridiculous notions like the OK sign is racist and such. And so now under the leadership of uh, Jonathan Greenblatt, who is a former water bottle merchant, and also Obama White House alum. He's really driven this organization into the ground, politicized it, and weakened it to the point that Elon Musk may actually be able to take them on, and it looks like he may be willing to do so. So Elon versus ADL is a battle that the country may not deserve, but it certainly needs, and I hope Elon sticks with it and at least shows enough teeth to get them to back off, which would be a pretty substantial victory for free speech in this country. That's a battle I'd love to see. And just for the ADL, I'll smile into the camera and make the perfectly okay sign, <laughs> which is not a hate sign for those wondering. <laughs> um, Darren, I want to play two quick clips for you. Get your thoughts, and then I will let you have a nice weekend. But Denver, if you want to roll that package of the mask craziness, I'd appreciate that. With the rising number of COVID cases, would you ever be in support of another federal mask mandate? Oh, I'm not going to um, suppose what may happen. I think we've got to look at circumstances on the ground. Do masks work? They work sometimes. Sometimes they don't. If COVID cases continue to rise nationwide, would you support a federal mask mandate again? I think that would depend on the lethality of COVID. If hundreds of thousands of people are dying, the government response is a little bit uh, different. That comes on the heels of, of course, a lot of back and forth over the potential reinstatement of mask mandates, lockdowns, the whatever variant we're on, COVID boosters being necessary. All that wonderful jazz. Of course, Senate Democrats voted to block a bill that would have banned federal mask mandates going into this year and the next. But, of course, showing their true colors, just like they did in that video. They didn't support, uh, I believe it was Senator J.D. Vance's bill. I'm not surprised. But, Darren, there's obviously been a lot of talk um, from other voices. Of course, Alex Jones has started this narrative about the potential looming, you know, second wave or I guess we're now we're on sort of on the third of lockdowns and mandates, which I've always called this just another iteration, another form of lawfare to influence the 2024 election. But I'd love to get your thoughts on if you think they're going to bring um, all these tactics, all these you know arrows in the quiver back to combat COVID-19, which is a, totally just a public health emergency, nothing else about it. And if you think they're going to use it to try to influence the 2024 election, specifically how it's conducted, you know, vote by mail as opposed to in-person voting. 
Well, it would be remarkable if they thought they could get away with it again. And, you know, the sad part is maybe they could get away with it again. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but if they could, if the, you know, the second time we deserve it. The first time it kind of caught us off guard, caught the country off guard. The second time, if they can get away with it, the people deserve it. I mean, we've gotten to the point where even CNN called out Fauci and brought his attention to uh, uh, multiple recent studies indicating that masks have zero efficacy for what they're saying that they do. And Fauci essentially acknowledged that these studies were correct, and yet still in this kind of masterpiece of bureaucratic obfuscation said, we, the masks are still important because. That's how committed they are to simply this public exercise of humiliation um, to force a compliant citizenry to into these uh, uh, just displays of complete obedience to the system. So again, we'll just have to wait and see. I would hope that we're sufficiently educated at this point as to know how ridiculous it is and have a zero tolerance policy for mask mandates, for lockdowns, for vaccine mandates and such. But you just never know. So we'll have to see how it goes. And it is disturbing that the politicians who were questioned in those clips uh, didn't respond with a definitive hell no. So who knows what they have up their sleeves. But I would hope that they're at least imaginative enough to find a different way to steal the election this time, maybe by the fact that they're essentially criminalizing in advance anyone who questions the outcome of the election. So in that case, they don't really need a COVID. At least give us that. If you're going to criminalize the ability to question the election, just go ahead and steal it and spare us the ridiculous lockdowns this time. I know. I love how the one senator pauses for what seems like 10 seconds before she gives her answer, because, you know, I think in that moment she's running through her head everything that she knows what they've been talking about, about how they're planning to exploit and weaponize, to use a term the Democrats like to use and how they treat the federal government, weaponize this virus to uh, to, I think, influence the way that the 2024 election is conducted. But as you are right, we will have to wait and see. I hope we have more than just hope on our side. I hope we have congressional Republicans who are actually willing to put their hat in the ring and fight. But I won't hold my breath on that one. I think I've learned that lesson time and time again. Dr. Darren J. Beatty, if during the weekend people want to stay up to date with all the stories that are coming in white hot on Revolver News, where can they go? And more importantly, where can they follow you? As always, Revolver.News, Revolver.News, we have the latest cutting-edge analysis on everything. Um, COVID, election, censorship, national security abuse, you name it. Revolver.News, I am at Twitter, at Darren J. Beattie, and we are always the whitest of white hot on Getter <laughs> at Revolver News. Thank you for joining us, Darren. Thank you. We certainly don't walk on eggshells here in the war room around our congressional Republicans. We are very transparent. They've had enough evidence to impeach Joe Biden since the day Joe Biden became president, well, allegedly, of this country. 
for Kevin McCarthy to go up on Fox and say that that's why we can't shut down the government. We need to see our till March just shows you how insulting to your intelligence they are. So that's why it's all the more important, I'm sure, as Congress gets ready to be fully back in session, both houses. You guys will be making a lot of phone calls, I'm sure. So rest your voices up because there are a lot of offices that need to be whipped into shape. Someone who's always doing that for me is Dave Walsh, at least on the energy front. You know, it is funny, the Biden regime, their science, whether it's masks, inflation, the economy, uh, energy, you know, how Hunter Biden made so much money despite having no talent. Um, the science, the math, the evidence is never on their side, um, but they always seem to sort of do some, you know, fudgery with the numbers so they can justify what is their radical, non-fact-based agenda on really any issue. COVID's probably the best example of it. Um, but on the energy front, if you could, no pun intended, drill down uh, on what the latest assault on American energy independence, uh, the Biden regime is doing out in Alaska when it comes to, I believe it's seven oil and gas leases out there, how they are quite literally destroying and cracking down on American energy independence. Yeah, just this week, Natalie, uh, Deb Holland, our secretary of the interior, officially rescinded on seven 10-year leases in the Anwar section of Alaska. That's the, the northernmost region just north of the Arctic Circle. 366,000 acres involved, uh, seven 10-year leases now terminated by the administration. This region would produce 880,000 barrels of oil per day at peak. It's one of the largest U.S. oil reserves uh, that is now active, uh, will be halted. Now, the, the challenge will be, this will go to court. It'll be challenged because President Trump's um, leases lasting 10 years have legal effect. There's a lot of question that they can actually be canceled. But, you know, the only reason one would do this at this stage is to, to attempt to needlessly drive the price of oil and natural gas well north of the arguable cost of intermittent part-time renewables to make them more attractive. There really is no other reason under the sun to think about uh, terminating these leases, particularly looking at the actions of BRICS, which are all about relying on now the U.S. and Western Europe's resolved desire to get out of consuming and producing fossil fuels at all costs. Other nations, 170 nations in the world, looking at this in disbelief, moving ahead on their own to, to produce oil, to use oil and gas as the basis of a growing economy in those countries and creating a bit of a laughingstock of our nation, Western Europe, and our currency at the same time. This is this is at the heart of the reason for the BRICS alliance, looking at our actions such as the one taken this week in the Anwar province of Canada, region of Canada. Velasquez, excuse me. And I saw I saw that the uh, the Biden regime had cited quote indigenous knowledge as part of their legal justification for the decision which trust the experts, okay. Uh, Dave this is what we're going to do, Denver. If you could start rolling the Texas clip, and we will play that to the outro of the break. We'll go to break. We'll come. We'll come back, and we'll have Dave walk us through that. Texas Bureau Chief Julie Fine joins us now. Julie, how bad is it going to get? How long will power be out for? 
Well, we don't know how bad it's going to get, and we're hoping that the power isn't out at all. What ERCOT has said in the past and what we have heard is if there are any type of blackouts, they would be rolling. They would be 15 minutes. We are looking right now at a time period where we have had more than 100, we have had more than 100 degrees during 50 days. So it's been a long stretch here in Texas, and we're hoping that the power grid holds. And so far, it has. So far, it has. What kind of preparation, though, are the utilities making? And, and how are consumers preparing as well for what could be uh, blackouts and maybe extended blackouts? Well, they're not expecting extended blackouts. How consumers are preparing by conserving, they have asked for conservation. This is very different from what we saw in 2021 when the entire power grid actually shut down in many areas. It completely malfunctioned. Some of the plants malfunctioned. Now where you're dealing with heat in a different season, some changes have been made. So again, they are hoping for some slight 15-minute outages at the worst. I will tell you who the unsung heroes of the COVID pandemic are. Of course, the frontline workers. But what about those business owners who hung in there and paid their employees? If you stayed open and paid your people, you could be eligible for up to $26,000 per employee at COVIDtaxrelief.org. That's $26,000 per employee. Now, this is not a loan. These are government funds that were set aside under President Trump, and you don't have to pay it back. Now, all types of business, including nonprofits and churches, can be eligible. But you need to apply now because Congress may pull these funds. Now, it's very specific about W-2s and what you had had to do to pay your employees, and that's why you need to go to the people at COVIDtaxrelief.com. They know all the technical aspects of this. Now, COVIDtaxrelief.org has helped, just in the war room, almost 1,400 businesses or not-for-profits, just like yours, and secured for our folks over $142 million of returns. Now, unlike the other operations out there that do this, COVIDtaxrelief.org, they charge nothing, zero, up front. They do all the work and share a percentage of the cash that you get. Let me repeat, nothing up front. They do all the work and then share a percentage of money that you were to receive. You did the tough thing for your employees during one of the toughest times in this country's history. Now let COVIDtaxrelief.org help you get up to 26 grand per employee. Visit COVIDtaxrelief.org. That's COVIDtaxrelief.org. Do it today. Use your agency. Your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Welcome back to the war room. What you guys saw before break uh, was actually the mainstream media even reporting that there are starting to be some potential problems, potential blackouts and outages out in Texas, we would argue here in the war room due to, of course, the unreliability of green energy in the form of wind. Um, But to actually evidence and support what I just said, we'll bring in Dave Walsh to walk through Specifically, what's going on in Texas, of course, looking long downrange, you can talk wind power, too. But uh, for the war room posse that lives in Texas or for people who are, of course, justifiably concerned about what might be going on there, um, what do you think is happening when it comes to blackouts? Should we be expecting those to get worse? Why are they happening? Um, what What's going on in Texas? Well, 
for, for a massively developed industrial and, and large economy such as Texas has, it, we, we shouldn't have to be talking day in and day out about getting very close to being hitting the terminus point of our electricity supply that we can't support demand. This, this last crisis occurred at 7.30 on uh, Wednesday. The ERCOT system came within 1,750 megawatts, or about 2% of not having enough electricity to support demand. The system generates about, at peak, 80,000 megawatts, 78.2,000 megawatts of demand were reached. So they announced uh, immediate voluntary curtailments or a stage two level emergency where voluntary reductions were enacted. And ERCOT leadership says only the action of citizens uh, voluntarily reducing demand um, saved the system. Again, not going into a stage three or mandatory rolling brownouts, be called. But, but the reason this happens, at 7.30, the, the, the sunshine um, loses all of its effectiveness in terms of generating electric, electricity. Texas now has nearly 14,000 megawatts of solar power, so at 7.30, that's over. That ends. Average day in Texas, solar is six and a half hours a day. The average day in Texas, wind is about eight and a half hours a day. Also in the evening, it begins to diminish. So along with the nature-based intermittent trail of part-time renewables, these power sources trail off in the evening, and guess what? You get very close to being, once again, out of electricity. Now, the, the problem going forward for the nation is uh, taking a very detailed look at the, uh, the uh, integrated resource plans for most of the utilities in the country. As a country, we're, we're led by Florida, New Jersey, New York, uh, Virginia specifically. We're going to be reducing dependence on continuous baseload power generation plants by up to 24% over the next 10 to 15 years for, in exchange for, variable renewables that operate, again, if solar five and a half hours a day nationally, if wind eight hours a day on land, which will take many, many more states, again, including New York, Florida, California, already there, New Jersey, Virginia, just to name a few, into the same place of non-reliability with too heavy a dependence on nature-based part-time energy resources. So this is not only a big problem for Texas, and it will remain one for a couple of years there until more peaking gas-fired assets are installed that the State House is pushing to do in the next three or four years, but it's going to begin to become a problem across the country as many, many states and regions are headed the same place with their energy supply, being variable and part-time nature-based resources. So how does the Biden regime concurrently on one hand, right, you're shutting down oil and gas leases in Alaska, but then simultaneously there's not enough green energy to actually allow this country to run? Real quick, before I let you go, I know we always talk about this, but do you think this is just further evidence of not the incompetence, but the intentionality behind Joe Biden's energy agenda? Uh, it, it, it does appear to be intentional because even the, I mean, the simplest arithmetic shows it, it, with the uh, EV electrification, gas to electricity, home heating in the Northeast and Upper Midwest, that this administration's pushing resolvedly just on those two issues. Electricity demand in the next 10 to 12 years will rise by 25 percent. Well, here the problem is with the introduction of all these renewables across that same time period and shutting down baseload coal and nuclear plants. Our electricity growth on a net basis is only going to be about 4%, where we're going to need nearly 30% more electrification to fuel this EV boom and home heating boom, water heating boom, and all of the rest of the initiatives they announced. The, the, the plans don't connect whatsoever. We're reducing electricity supply 
while we're radically ramping up the dependence on electricity. And, I, and, and the, the shortfall will be electricity for consumers for home heating and air conditioning and lighting. That, that's who's going to take a hit on this is we're actually not growing electricity supply because of these part-time intermittent renewables becoming a more dominant share of the elect, electrification of the country, not working full-time 24 hours a day, such as gas plants, nuclear plants, and coal plants. Make it make sense, as Steve always says, and I just don't think you quite can. Dave Walsh, if people want to stay up to date with everything you're working on and talking about, where can they find you in the meantime before the math, you're on War Room again? The math does not add up on this. You can reach me and find me at uh, Dave Walsh Energy on Getter and True Social. Thank you, Natalie. Dave, thank you so much for joining us. And he's right. The math doesn't add up, and that's why we should certainly not, never again, ever trust the experts, I know, the establishment loves that little uh, saying, but really I think it shows you to do the exact opposite. And of course, on the COVID front, we started the show talking a little bit about some of the new interesting spending coming out of the federal government, at least on the COVID-19 front. I think that's a good way to sort of see downrange where exactly they're going with this. And like I said, they've put nearly $2 billion to 20 million doses of pediatric COVID-19 vaccines. And if you look in the documents, the internal documents that I obtained, you can see that they were expecting, they were basically, some might say plotting, uh, been anticipating a surge in September. I don't know about you. I didn't hear anything about that until now. Um, but at least on the federal contracts, they were discussing that. And even more concerningly, believe it or not, the, not, the Department of Health and Human Services is putting an undisclosed amount of money to purchase hundreds of millions of, you guessed it, COVID-19 PCR tests, because we know empirically from the last pandemic that those worked so well, not. But I guess it doesn't matter when you're just trying to get enough COVID cases to lock down a country so you can institute mass mail-in balloting. This, of course, comes on the heels of some more stories that I had broken talking about federal spending for COVID-19 safety protocols, protective equipment, all the way through the year 2028. But hey, if we tell you that COVID-19 is part of a plan, we'll be called conspiracy theorists, right? When in reality, I think we all know that COVID-19, they can say it was Donald Trump, they can say it was MAGA, they can say it was Republicans. We know that the true conspiracy to overturn the election in 2020 and probably 2024, too, we'll make a prediction right now, wasn't Donald J. Trump. It was COVID-19. And we know that. We know that that's true. We've said that once. We'll say it again on War Room. And we will be back tomorrow. Steve is a very packed show about all things Ukraine. Really, all things, everything, starting tomorrow. Of course, 10 a.m., Steve Bannon will be back. For War Room veterans, you know we have been all over this supply chain issue with China and medications and the uh, active pharmaceutical ingredients. China has a stranglehold on us where there's a way to break that. Jace Medical. I got an emergency medication kit from them. The FDA just declared a global shortage of medication and warned that critical antibiotics are in extreme short supply across the United States. But you know that because you're a viewer or listener of the show. Now, here's the action you can take to correct. Do yourself and your family a favor and get your Jace case right now. It's a pack of five prescription antibiotics you'll have on hand for common emergencies. Just visit JaceMedical.com. That's Jace, J-A-S-E, JaceMedical.com. Take a few minutes and fill out the form. 
Your information will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medication will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. You'll be glad you have the Jace case. Go to Jace Medical, that's one word, J-A-S-E, medical.com, and enter code Bannon at checkout for a discount on your order. That's promo code Bannon at Jace, J-A-S-E, medical.com. You know what the problem is because you've watched the show. You can break, you can take action and break that problem by going to Jace Medical and get your Jace case today. Action, action, action. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67% and do it again. WARROOM HEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today. Check it out. 